Culture Crush. I'm Jessica. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited to have a special guest on today, Chris Maitland. He's a Boston-based entertainment and sports blogger and fellow podcast from Earful of Fantasy. Thanks for being here, Chris. Thanks, Oga. Thanks, thanks a lot, Jess. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just jump right in. What's your pop five? Well, after thinking long and hard about it, I went with Jason Statham. Oh, nice one. So I'm guessing you're a pretty big Statham fan. That's an understatement. I'd say that, I mean, like, <laughs> I, 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 he says, I said I'm 27, so I view him as, like, my generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. I think I've seen about 90 to 95% of his movies. I truly believe he's one of, if not the greatest action star of all time. That's fantastic. I, I'm so excited to hear your list. So, okay, Chris, top five Jason Statham movies. Take it away. All right. Well, I'll start off. I'll start off with some honorable mentions. This was absolutely brutal, as I said, because there is I, I view about <laughs> half of his filmography, and I cherish it to no end. So the, the last three that I cut were uh, Furious Seven, uh, The Italian Job, and Death Race. So okay. starting off my list, uh, number five is The Expendables Two. Now, The Expendables, obviously, when when Sylvester Stallone um, launched the franchise, he intended it to be like a huge 80s throwback situation. And while the first one uh, definitely was almost there, I mean, it had had no shortage of ridiculous, fantastic, over-the-top moments. But the second one was really what I think it hit its stride, and it, it, it really felt like an 80s movie. I mean, Jean-Claude Van, Del- uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> plays a villain named John Villain in the movie. Yes, a, I love it. <laughs> it's it's tremendous. There is, I mean, you, you get, obviously, Schwarzenegger has, has an expanded role. You have uh, an absolutely insane scene in an airport where Statham decapitates somebody with a hell with a... Uh, a propeller on an airplane yes i mean oh, it's just epic truly, bruce willis kills somebody on, a, on an x-ray belt and their, <laughs> and their skeleton just goes through it, it's incredible and it was just it felt so it chuck norris shows up for no reason whatsoever and makes chuck <laughs> norris jokes i freaking I mean, love it and it's because you know what i like about that movie it knows what it is no, exactly, and I and I think that was really what pushed it over the top was the the first one. Now, not to say it was self was serious, but it was less self aware than the second one. And yeah. I think that that's what the eighties I think was the most self aware era of action movies. Oh, 100%. and it was just big, loud, stupid, and tongue in cheek. And I loved every friggin' minute <laughs> of it. Yes, it is so good. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, also, I mean, also like not enough crunch that, that that ensemble just just absolutely perfect perfect <laughs> melding of guys from the eighties and the, and the current uh, situation. So beautiful, beautiful movie. Yes. All right. So number four. Now, now this is I think Statham's uh, really his crowning moment as an actor came in uh, Crank. Now, a, a Crank is a movie that basically like if Grand Theft Auto was a movie. It would be Crank. It actually might be too tame because Crank is just <laughs> pure chaos for an hour and a half. And Statham just Statham plays this um, hitman that's been poisoned. And basically, if he doesn't keep his adrenaline up, he dies. Oh, and it, in order to keep his adrenaline up, he naturally uh, just commits a bunch of murder and does a bunch <laughs> of drugs. And it's just and while he, so he can stay alive long enough to to find his uh, the guy who poisoned him. Now this movie 
Now, I said the Expendables is over the top. The Expendables is realistic compared to Crank. I mean, really? the things that happen in this movie, and the second <laughs> one is even more insane, which was in my honorable mentions. The, 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 the first one, I mean, like the end of the movie, he falls from a helicopter and survives. What? <laughs> yeah, the, no, and that's, again, in the compared to the second one, that is realistic in itself. It's just completely insane. It's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's just nihilism and disgusting and ch- childish. It came out when I was 14, so that's probably why I enjoy it so much. But Mark Neville Dean and Brian Taylor, who directed our Psychos, Statham's a psycho for taking on the role, but it's just, Statham, had so, he has so much fun with the character. It's basically because he gets he it's just he just gets to do like basically use a bunch like make a bunch of quips and just like you know maybe like stuff a guy's hand through a sewing machine and then fall out of a helicopter and the movie's <laughs> over. That is amazing. I've never seen it. That sounds oh, amazing, though. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 something. It's you'll you'll definitely <laughs> feel some type of way when you watch it. I can tell you that one way or the other. Oh my gosh! But see, that's what I like about him so much is he just goes for it, just balls to the oh, walls, yeah. like yeah. And he he seems that, and again, there are plenty of actors that seem like they enjoy their craft, but like Statham literally seems like he's having the time of yes, his life on every 100%. movie. And I, I think, th- and I think that also allows him to not like phone it in because even in his weaker movies, I think he usually is the standout part of it because like, he he's been yes. in a few crappy movies over the years. But at least, like, he's still, like, he elevates it enough to where it's like, at least, like, semi-watchable still. I, I agree. I One of the movies I like that he's in is Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Spy, the funny Spy thing is, like, sh- she's the lead in it, but, like, I remember him. I, I agree. I think Statham, because Statham in that movie, I think, was great because he got to basically play, make fun of the character he's yes. been playing his entire career. And, yes. yeah, I the entire now see i don't remember i only saw spy once i, w- I didn't love it but the, the one thing i remember more about the movie is that statham's character the entire time when they bring him Melissa mccarthy's character that first scene when he just demands to see the face-off machine yes. so he can so he can he can he can, he can run the mission himself he's like i know there's a face-off machine here just let me use the face-off machine and i'll do the mission that was yes. the, that was the best part of the entire movie, and it was just and oh, then the scene at the end where when he realizes they're they're driving around a lake, he wants to like ride off into the sunset, like a like <laughs> like do like the badass action hero thing, and he's like, oh wait, it's a lake, I can't, I can't, I can only go in circles. Yes, see, so like that's what I'm saying. Like what you said, even in his smaller roles, he just like totally stands out. Oh he, yeah, he ran he awesome. ran away with Spy. He ran away with Spy. I mean, Rose oh, yeah. Byrne was great in that too, but Statham was oh my god, he was awesome in that. He was hilarious. All right. So anyway, um, back to yeah, it. So, so moving on, <laughs> number three uh, is uh, Fate of the Furious, which was the the uh, eighth Fast and the Furious, obviously the the last of the most recent series of, of the main series. Yeah. I should say not the most recent series. Uh, I think it's now I'm a Fast and the Furious fanboy. I think it's pretty much the uh, gold standard for uh, blockbuster cinema right now, mm-hmm. mainly because uh, I think it's the only series right now that doesn't like it's unique in the sense that it doesn't care about world building. It doesn't yeah. care about like saying anything. It's only like we're we're here to entertain you and nothing else. And it's completely unapologetic about it. And that's why I love it. And this one, Statham joined the series in the seventh one. Mm-hmm. And I think now Dwayne Johnson was the reason I think the franchise got better at the fifth one. But as soon as, as in the eighth entry is why I like it more is why it's my second favorite overall, partially because 
they put Jason Statham becomes a good guy after being the villain in the seventh one, and it gets them the chance to team up with Dwayne Johnson, and the two of them basically just get to yell insults at each other and 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 <laughs> and kick bad and kill bad guys for two hours, and it's beautiful. In fact, when I left the theater, I said to my uh, my friends that I saw it with that like now that Statham is on the side of the heroes, they can make ten more of these. Yes, because it was just awesome. But in addition to in the in the non Statham aspects of the movie, why I love it, it also features some of my be- my favorite action scenes of the entire of the entire franchise. And Charlie Theron is quite poss- is the best villain they've ever had in the entire series. And oh, she's come back for the ninth right. one. She was awesome, awesome, awesome. I mean, she yes. just revels in the scenery chewing and the over the top nature of the series, and she's she's awesome. Uh, there's an action scene in here where Statham and Johnson are fighting guys that they're breaking out of prison and they just like, they just keep like basically just throw a bunch of guys over their heads in the most ridiculous fashion ever. And it's beautiful. And there's another scene where Statham is rescuing Vin Diesel's uh, child. He didn't know he had on from bad guys on a plane. And he's now he has to take the kid in the, in the, uh, the carrier, but he also has to dispatch the bad guys who are trying to kill him. So he's like, <laughs> like being very nice to the kid and like 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 being very gentle with him but also just murdering people simultaneously but he's like but he's taking the kid out of harm's way he's like he's like i was like don't don't." he's like don't cry don't cry he's like carry like placing the child out of harm's way like shooting someone it's it was just like so playful and funny and i think awesome that scene i think just it just embodies the spirit of the fast and the furious franchise better because it's just big goofy and fun loving yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. I think absolutely people just sometimes want to be entertained. Like yeah, they don't yeah. want to be, you know, have something you have to think about. Sometimes you just want to see some explosions and laugh. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's I think I think that sometimes is lost in the world of entertainment. I mean, like sometimes you just like want to yes. turn your brain you, you just want to have fun. You don't want to you, yes. you want to like for like escape the horrors of the world. And just and just like get engrossed in some fantasy world for two hours. Now I understand. I understand. Like now, clearly, when 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 I say that, people think Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Now, see, my Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter is Fast and the Furious. (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's what's great. And obviously, you're not the only one. If they've made how many? I Um, mean, eight main ones and one (laughs) spinoff. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And I don't think it's probably going to stop. So No, no. I mean, even Hobbs and Shaw, which made less than the last, the main one still made like almost $800 million worldwide. So no, they're not going, they're oh, not going that's away. That's insane. Soon. They're not going, the, wow. the ninth one comes out in uh, next summer and I believe they're going to end the main franchise after 10, but uh, there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too. And they're going to keep, the brand is going to be alive and well for quite some time. At least it appears to oh, be that Well, way. as long as it's making money, why not? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so moving on from the uh, the uh, tongue bath that escaped Fast and the Furious, we uh, move on to number two would be uh, the first of the... Uh, now, Jason Tate was first movie that he was ever in. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Now, Guy Ritchie um, is one of my favorite directors, and yes, he's basically the British version of Quentin Tarantino, except with a more comedic emphasis, and I think that's what made Lock, Stock so beautiful, because it's just like... It's just this ridiculous movie. I mean, the, the, the premise is... I mean, like, the plot... I mean, I, the... I will give the one criticism of Guy Ritchie I think is valid is his plots are incredibly convoluted. But basically the the base premise of this movie is it's about these group of like low-level British uh, criminals who get hustled at a card game that's rigged by this mob boss and he wants his money. 
And basically to get the money, they rob, they live next to a bunch of weed dealers and they rob their weed stash. And then ev- eventually it just turns into this absolutely things get out of control. The, their, their bosses get involved. It, 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 it completely devolves into madness. But what's cool about Guy Ritchie is his movies are so chaotic yeah, they're so like, but his cinematography is really interesting. It's just, it's just like he really like revels in the Eddie and his world built his the atmosphere that he just creates is so like grimy yet fun. Like they're like these are like again, there's this crime committing like uh, horrible horrible things happening all the time. But these these characters that they're really, I mean, they're jackasses at the end of the day. But they just there's just so much fun to be around while they just insult each other. And just get further in and over in over their head, and that be, kind of became his staple. Just like frantic, insane, highly quotable, and really funny uh, movie, and, and, and it's just a really interesting portrayal and a very vivid portrayal of a of a uh, British uh, criminal underworld. And yeah, I, I didn't realize this was Statham's first movie. It was, yeah. He actually used to. He was in in his uh, younger years, which I actually forgot about this until uh, a couple days ago when I was when I was. Uh, looking at his filmography in preparation for this he was a diver at one point what yeah he was training to be in the olympics but he didn't qualify oh my god i had no idea yeah and then uh, yeah then i i don't know how he ended up in act in going into acting but uh guy Ritchie cast him in this and this it became how, a cult how hit would and- you like to say that like how many other stars had to start off as like in crappy commercials or you know made for tv movies and he goes straight to guy Ritchie. That's pretty like, great, yeah. But, but I mean, but at the time, I mean, Guy it was Guy Ritchie's first movie too. So like, Guy, Guy Ritchie didn't know who, like Guy Ritchie was oh, nobody at the time too. So yeah, they they, they kind of came up together. Because I mean, it's funny because if you look at the cast of Lockstock, I mean, outside of uh, Dexter Fletcher, who is an actor and now he went on to be a director, he actually directed uh, Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic. Oh wow! And um, he also finished. Yeah. Bo- he also finished. But Bo- he he was the he 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 stepped in as director on Bohemian Rhapsody once Brian Singer got fired as well. So aside wow. from that, aside from that, there's not really a bunch of no, uh, known actors in that movie. But regardless, it, it stay, stay, it stay obviously that it serves as a launching pad for a couple of interesting people, including Guy Ritchie himself. So, well, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen this one. I'll have to check it out. It was yeah, it came out in '98. I mean, it, it, again, do you do you are do you like Tarantino's movies? Yeah, well, I've seen I've seen. Um, his Guy Ritchie's other movie that you'll be talking about. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. If you did, did you like did you like the other Guy Ritchie movie I'm about to talk about? Uh... Well, if you didn't like if you didn't like that one, you will not like this one. I, I okay. Well, then maybe I, I strongly, won't watch it. Oh no! Stay far, far away. If you did not like that, it's basically <laughs> no. They're ba- I won't say they're the exact same movie, but they're very, very, very similar. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little torn on number one. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. that's a beautiful. Well, maybe tease. we should tell people that's what a beautiful number one tease. is. Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll hop right into it now. <laughs> number one. Now it's funny because he's been in th- uh, Statham's been in three Guy Ritchie movies, and one of them is called Revolver, which I did not see till a few months ago, and it has a reputation as being Guy Ritchie's worst movie. I'm gonna have to agree with that. It kind of stinks. So it's not Revolver. So that would mean it have to would have to be Snatch. <laughs> Which came Snatch. out two years after Lockstock. Now it does basically the exact same thing as Lockstock. The same thing. It takes place in the London criminal underworld, except this time it's about it's a bunch of criminals from all over the globe chasing a diamond. And the reason I think Snatch is better than Lockstock is because of the actors. Now, unlike Lockstock, yeah. unlike Lockstock, it, it has name actors like Brad mm-hmm. Pitt, Benicio del Toro. 
And I think Dennis, the, the late great Dennis Farnia. And I think it makes all the difference because there's so many, when you had this, the actors are better. So that means the dialogue, the dialogue pops more. It's even more quotable. It's even, and, oh, yeah. and, 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 and I think the movie's even more insane. I mean, Brad Pitt's character <laughs> is a, a gypsy Irish kickboxer who no one can understand because yes. <laughs> most of the characters are British and they have no clue what he's talking about the entire movie because Statham's character mostly deals with him but he's like I don't even know what he's saying and it's yes. great yeah, it's great because Brad that it was funny because Guy Ritchie wrote that character because do you really be, you know, be, because, well he wrote the movie but he wrote the character as a response because when Lockstock came out people complained because they have all like the like Cockney accents <laughs> that people couldn't understand them. So he's like, I'm going to write a character that no one can understand in the movie <laughs> just as a reference to that. Cause that is amazing. And he, and Brad, because Brad Pitt apparently approached him for a role and he's like, well, I don't really have anything. And then he's like, Oh wait, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it is really brilliant. Put Brad Pitt in it and not be able to understand him. Not be able to understand I mean, him. And it's funny because there's only two American. No, sorry, there's three American actors in the movie: and Deltero, Pitt, and Dennis Farnia. I, I think I, Deltero plays a Russian character in that movie. Farnia plays an American, and they make Brad Pitt like obviously the biggest name in the entire cast. Just play a guy that oh, no yeah. one can understand. <laughs> I love but that. It, it's just a it's just a wild, wild movie that I absolutely love it's, and it's hysterical it's unpredictable and it's insane and it's everything i love about guy Ritchie, and that's why it's my favorite and it's my favorite it's it's not like like i said earlier cranks my favorite statham role but this is this is my favorite movie of his for the reasons i just listed yeah absolutely i think that's a great list i mean and it just shows like all the different stuff that he's been in like just so all over the place yeah, I mean, he's mostly. I mean, he's he's mostly done action movies, and obviously, once he blew up out of the uh, uh, from the uh, lock, stock, and snatch, or whatever he and he did the transporter, but that was his first big hit in America. Yeah. So I think he he kind of got typecast for action movies for a long time, but he can he he. I think he has underrated dramatic chops. I think he's incredibly funny, and I, I think that's why he's he's been such a great act because uh, been such a great actor for so long because he's incredibly charismatic. He's got really slick comedic timing. He does his own. He does his own. He does most of his own stunts, which is good too. I mean, like that. That I mean, like I mean, like nothing as a, as a connoisseur of the genre. There's nothing worse than when you have someone who doesn't do their own stunts. Oh that usually yeah. Means, that usually means the editing is way choppier and uh, thus makes the action harder to see and makes me as a viewer more aggravated. Absolutely, but I, I think you hit on it. For me, I think I every time I see him, I don't know why, but I'm just always so surprised at how funny he is. It's, like yeah, he has great comedic timing. Yeah, I I agree. I agree entirely. But and and they haven't and and outside of Spy, I mean, like he hasn't really been in like a straight comedy. So I hopefully maybe as he gets older, maybe he'll transition to that because he's he's in his early fifties now. So obviously there's going to come yeah. a time where he can't do the he can't do the action movies anymore, or at least he. He might not be able to do the action movies anymore. I mean, that doesn't stop uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger in the early seventies. They're still doing yeah. them. So I mean, it's it's, it's entirely true. possible. And keep, I mean, Stallone well, can't really Stallone can't really move anymore. But that's that's neither yeah. here nor there. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. Looks like he's in pain I, just standing. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, and you know what? If he want, I mean, maybe he's not being typecast. Maybe that's just what he likes to do. It's, like, it could be. I guess we don't be. know. It, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, next time I talk to him, I'll be sure to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. I'm sure you guys are great friends. Oh yeah. Well, maybe he will be now after I, after I just like I gave him a uh, I gave him a no shortage of uh, praise for the last fifteen there minutes. There you go. So I'll maybe, tag <laughs> him and hashtag the crap out of this <laughs> on social do. media. Please do. <laughs> so maybe, cool. maybe, maybe we'll become friends. That'll, that'll be <laughs> The highlight of my um, life. Yeah. Well, for me, you had it on your honorable mention. My favorite's The Italian Job. I God, that I love that great. movie. I love the movie, too. I mean, F. Gary Gray, who directed uh, Fate of the Furious, did that. I think that's why he, one of the reasons he cast, one of the reasons that he was involved with it. But that, that car chase at the end of the movie is just is beautiful. And I almost, I was, oh. that was that was literally the last movie I loved. That was number six, if, you, if I was to, if I was to, yes. that, was, that was the last one cut off. Yes. I know. I love it, too. And um, I'm just curious, you know, what are your thoughts of like the new Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, Hobbs and Shaw was awesome. Hobbs and Shaw was awesome yeah. because I mean, this, I, I was so excited that they just, I, I mean, Universal clearly saw what I saw and the chemistry between the two of them and just like the, the great comedic rapport they had. And just like the, like the, fr- the, I hate to say this, but the, the frenemy rapport they had and just the two of them just <laughs> yes. basically insulting each other. And then you throw them in this big, crazy action movie. And yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, I mean, like, it wasn't one of my favorites in the whole Fast and the Furious franchise, but it was a great movie. Again, didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, David Leach, the director, I love. He did uh, Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde and the first John Wick <laughs> he co-directed. So he's a great action director. So the action was really well, yes. really well choreographed, really well shot. Uh, Idris Alba was an awesome villain. He bought into the franchise entirely. Vanessa Kirby plays Jason Statham's sister, was a great addition to the franchise. Uh, Aza Gonzalez, who was only in it for a few minutes, was a great addition to the franchise. So yeah, and I hope that they will. Awesome. There's a couple of great uh, celebrity, uh, big A-list uh, actors that make cameos in that that do a really good job. And it's just a really, a really, really fun movie. One of my favorites of the year so far. Oh, good. And then there's just a random movie I I wanted to see it and I still haven't. And I have to ask, did you ever see The Meg? The Meg, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> Which now- isn't it a giant shark? Ah uh, yes, and the, now that now remember earlier when I was saying that Statham like he can he can even make like okay move like kind of bad movies watchable. Now that the Meg for me would fall into that category because the movie itself it's incredibly dumb, like incredibly stupid. It's just see, like but that's kind of why I want to see it. It looks like it would be kind of campy or kind of oh, like you just have to go into oh, it, boy, knowing. It. Yeah, I mean, really, my biggest problem with it, I think it would have been more fun if it was it, it kind of felt sanitized because it was a pg-13 rated shark movie so you have these shark like mauling people and like there's no blood like very little or no blood and i was just like i, I was like give me another deep blue sea if it was more like deep blue sea i would have loved it yes but the meg was it wasn't bad it was fine it was it was uh, it was fine i mean statham is the lead in it he does a, he does a good job and but I think there was some tonal problems. I think it took itself way too, way too seriously at points, and the and the gore, uh, the lack of gore, really bothered me. Yeah, because I'm a I'm a yeah. fiend. I just had to ask because I just kept seeing it all the time, and for some reason, I just I really want to see it. I don't know why, well, but well, I mean, hey, check check it out. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, like yeah. you, you 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 see, you just seem based on your enthusiasm talking. You seem like you like it more than I did. <laughs> Who knows? So, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Chris. This was awesome. This was yeah, so was much fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So now tell folks where they can find you on social media. All right. My uh, my Twitter is uh, at cmaitlandmm. You can find all my uh, writing on there. Uh, the links all my writing. My blog is uh, maitlandsmadness.blogspot.com. And I think that's basically it. Because like, uh, yeah, that, that that's it for relevant social media. I have I have an Instagram that people don't want to find that people don't want to know about. 
(laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And as always, you can find me on all social media platforms at Pop Culture Crush. And that's it, everybody. I will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.